What would your life be like if you were able to live with unshakable inner peace? How would you feel day to day if you were able to be liberated from the weight of your past? And who would you be without the limiting stories that you tell yourself? Who would you be if you were to reclaim your power and your sovereignty? Welcome to the Zen Stoic Path. I'm very excited to be introducing our season two of the show, I've been doing this show since 2021 and it has evolved in many ways. So I'm really, really excited and inspired to be able to share this with you. This is our very first episode of season two. This is Foundations of Unshakable Inner Peace because Zen Stoic is a philosophy that blends timeless wisdom to create unshakable inner peace for whoever chooses to practice it. And so this episode is the foundations of that and all of the key themes that allow that to be possible in a person's life. So we're going to be going through a few key themes of what unshakable inner peace is and how Zen Stoic philosophy actually creates that. But before we get into that, I just want to share what this philosophy has done for my life. This is a philosophy that I decided to create because I needed it for myself. There was a lot of things that inspired the trajectory of where I'm at today with Zen Stoic and with this show. And it all began when I was seven years old and my mom passed away from cancer. That was the day that everything shifted for me and that as a little kid, I learned that in some way, somehow the world was unfair and that even things that you love and things that bring you great joy could be taken from you. Now, in the beginning, this was very disheartening for me, but when I started to understand myself, when I started to understand the way that life works and when I started to apply this philosophy, it allowed something as devastating as my mom's death to actually be looked at as one of the greatest gifts of my life. The gift that essentially showed me my destiny and what I was here to do in this life and what my purpose is. Now, there have been several iterations since then of exactly the expression of the lessons that I learned from that experience, but ultimately they've all come to this point here, to creating Zen Stoic, to creating this podcast, and to creating a systematic approach to creating liberation and unshakable inner peace in a person's life. So ultimately, living with unshakable inner peace is essentially being the calm in the storm no matter what's going on around you. It's being able to be centered even in tough situations, even when there is chaos around you. And it's being able to be that source of certainty and reassurance for the people around you, even when there's uncertainty in the air. And so in order to create unshakable inner peace, the key is to liberate ourselves from the weight of our past. Now, liberation is ultimately the result that people experience upon creating unshakable inner peace through their lives. And liberation is being liberated from the weight of your past, being liberated from the negative self-talk or the limiting stories that you might be telling yourself, being liberated from patterns of self-sabotage like procrastination or inability to focus or being scatterbrained. Liberation is essentially being able to be your authentic self each and every day, living a life that is full of fulfillment, joy, and satisfaction. And ultimately, this is what this philosophy is here to do. It's here to be a vehicle, a methodology for somebody to be able to use and practice without having to believe in any doctrines or stories or any specific belief systems so that they can achieve that unshakable inner peace through the process of liberating themselves. Now, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while now, you've heard me tell this story multiple times, and I'll keep sharing it because this story is ultimately what encapsulates the energy of this philosophy. There was once this samurai student and his master, and they were walking through a garden on their day off from training. And as they were walking through this garden, the master would tell the student, it is important to live a life of peace and tranquility. 
to be able to walk through the garden, to enjoy the beauty, to be able to love and be grateful for everything that we're blessed with. And so the student was confused by this because the student was sitting here thinking to himself, why is he telling me about peace and tranquility when just yesterday we were training to fight in battle? We were training to destroy our enemies. And so finally he, he said to the master, he said, master, I'm very confused. You're telling me to live a life of peace and tranquility. And yet yesterday we were training to destroy our enemies in battle. How do you reconcile the two? Wouldn't it just be easier if I lived a life of tending to the garden and the plants within it? And in that moment, the master smiled because the master knew exactly what that student needed to hear. And he said to him, yes, it would be easier and more peaceful to just tend to the garden, but it is better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. And ultimately, Zen Stoic philosophy and the aim of creating unshakable inner peace is all about being that warrior in the garden. It's about being able to smile in the face of chaos, being able to come out on the other side of difficulty, stronger, happier, and more at peace than you were previously. And it is through training your mind, body, and spirit through this philosophy, through the ability to actually create that liberation within yourself so that you can live with unshakable inner peace and be a source of liberation to those around you. Ultimately, the goal of Zen Stoic is to liberate yourself and liberate humanity. So what is it that actually prevents us from being able to experience liberation? What is it that prevents people from being able to have unshakable inner peace? The answer is something that I like to call the matrix hijack. Now, the matrix hijack is essentially when you allow the outside world to tell you who you are and tell you how to be in this world. We often get fixated on other people's stories, other people's beliefs, other content in the world that we obsess about, we adopt, and we forget that we picked it up from somewhere else. So when we're experiencing the matrix hijack, we're essentially looking to the outside for answers about who we are internally. We're looking to the outside to see whether or not we are doing the right thing, whether or not we're being accepted. But at the end of the day, it is impossible for a person to be liberated if they are hijacked into that matrix experience. So towards the end of this episode, I'm going to be sharing with you a technique that will allow you to have self-trust and intuition so that you're able to make the most effective decisions and always know what the right decision is for you. This is called sovereign awareness. And sovereign awareness is key when it comes to actually creating unshakable inner peace in your life. And so we'll be talking about that later in this episode. And so let's get into what are the foundations of unshakable inner peace. The foundations of unshakable inner peace can be broken down into three key principles. Number one is the principle of sovereignty. Number two is the principle of perception. And number three is the principle of integration. So let's start with the principle of sovereignty. The principle of sovereignty is all about reclamation of your power. Now, Marianne Williamson once said that our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate, but that we are powerful beyond measure. Now, on the surface, many people would probably think consciously that they want to be powerful, that they want to have the ability to have control over their lives. But the reality is, with great power comes great responsibility, like Ben Parker said from Spider-Man. Now, why is this? Is because when you reclaim your power, when you reclaim your sovereignty in the world, you become ultimately responsible for everything that happens in your life. All the good, all the bad, all the ugly, all of it. Now, being ultimately responsible does not mean that the things that may have happened to you in your life are your fault because there is a big difference between fault and responsibility. So if you're going to have the courage to reclaim your power, to live with a sense of sovereignty. It begins with responsibility. Now, the way that we give away our power is in one of three ways. The first way is through circumstances. 
Circumstances can be looked at as current events, can be looked at as certain situations that you might find yourself in, like the amount in your bank account, the availability on your calendar. These are all circumstances. And circumstances can't talk back to you and tell you that you're full of it if you start to blame them. Now, if somebody says, I would start that business, but the, the economy is really tough right now, so I can't do that. Or a person may want to start a creative endeavor, like starting a YouTube channel or opening up an Etsy store. But maybe they say to themselves, uh, well, just, just the political climate right now is really not lending itself to that. And people are going to yeah, hate on me. People are going to try to cancel me, whatever the case is. But if you're blaming a circumstance, you are ultimately giving power to that circumstance. You're giving your power away, your power of sovereignty to decide and to take action. You're giving it away to something that is outside of you, something that is not within your control. So the second thing that we blame is we blame people. We give our power away to people. So if you think about it, have you ever had the experience of a person living rent-free in your head for months or even years because of something that they said or something that they did to you? Oftentimes, we will base our behaviors, we will base our sense of self-worth based on something that somebody said to us in second grade, whether it was a teacher or a bully. We'll start to base our whole lives and our identity upon that thing that that person said. We won't give ourselves the opportunity to engage in the things that we truly find important in life because we allowed someone else to take our power away. We gave them our power ultimately by taking whatever they said personally. Or, or similarly, a person could say, I would get into a relationship, but my parents divorced and I have abandonment issues and so I can't do that. So what's happening there is a person is giving up their sovereignty by giving their power to the story of other people who did something and who they have now decided has had an effect on them. Now, what's really important is while I'm sharing these things that we can blame and give our power away to, it does not take away from the significance or the intensity of the emotions that a person may have experienced because of a circumstance or another person. It is very important to understand that this is not about fault. This is about responsibility, and there is a big difference between the two of them. Fault is ultimately a shame pattern, and a shame pattern in saying that this is my fault, it's because of me that things are the way that they are, and it's using a very derogatory or negative way of speaking to yourself, whereas responsibility is simply the ability to respond to the world around you. It says it right there in the word, responsibility. And so when you think about respons taking responsibility, it is not admitting fault, but it is realizing that if these things happen in your life, it might not be your fault that they happen, but it is your responsibility to essentially deal with them if they are affecting you in your life today or if they are inhibiting you from experiencing the results that you seek to have in your life. And the third thing that we blame is our own thoughts, which that may sound a little strange, but the thoughts that we blame specifically are usually falsehoods about ourselves. When we give ourselves an identity, when we say to ourselves, I'm a lazy person, or I'm an angry person, or I'm a sad person, or I'm a shy person, anytime we say these things and we claim these identities about ourselves, we ultimately disempower ourselves and we give power away to the very thoughts that we have in our heads. And we'll be talking about this in our next episode, but anytime you're experiencing suffering, suffering indicates the presence of an attachment to a thought. And so when we blame our thoughts, we're giving our power away to these thoughts. And typically the thoughts that we give the most power to are the thoughts that are expressing an identity of some kind. Anything that you follow the words I am with, you begin to identify with it. And your identity is one of the strongest forces in your actual human experience. It is the thing that you will stick to tooth and nail, whether it is positive or negative, empowering or disempowering. So the key is we want to take our power back and not speak these things upon ourselves because through our words, 
we actually give power to things that are not true, to falsehoods about ourselves. And so when we engage in these falsehoods about ourselves, sometimes we're doing it as something very tongue in cheek, like self-deprecating humor. But even with self-deprecating humor, you want to be careful because if you're doing it over and over and over again, you are telling your unconscious mind that you are this person. And so you start to create a life that is congruent with the identity that you're claiming. Now, this can be where a lot of sabotage comes into play because we are giving ourselves this identity over and over again. And when it's through humor, it slips right past our critical faculty and goes right into our unconscious and becomes part of our being. So we want to be very careful about this, along with not self-blaming. When we self-blame, we are taking fault. We are engaging in a shame response. The idea is not to self-blame and to rather take responsibility. So here's an example that explains the difference between the two. If you were throwing a house party and somebody came over to your house and they knocked over a potted plant and the potted plant shattered on the floor and dirt went everywhere and they left this huge mess and then they just walked out and left. Is it your fault that the plant fell over? Now, there may be some people who like to be very extreme with it and be like, of course it's your fault. You should have known and not to invite that person. But that's not actually correct. It's not your fault. It was out of your control that this happened. However, it happened in your home. Therefore, it is your responsibility to clean it up. The same thing goes with anything that has ever happened in your life. Anything that we carry from our past, every, anything that we carry that has a lot of emotional weight to it or charge to it, if we continuously give power to the past, to the current events of the past, the events that we may have been experiencing and that have caused trauma in our lives, or we give our power to people who said something to us that really hurt us or who did something to us that really hurt us, or we keep giving power to these identities, these falsehoods about ourselves, then we are going to be unable to reclaim our power, unable to experience sovereignty. So the idea here is to become ultimately responsible and to take our power back. It is to live at the cause of your life, not at the effect. To live at the cause of your life is ultimately taking that responsibility for everything that happens in your life, good or bad, choices that are conscious as well as choices that are unconscious. And when you do this, you restore that power back to yourself. You give yourself an opportunity to create the changes that you want to make and to live with that unshakable inner peace. It is through responsibility that we create that liberation. It's through responsibility that we create sovereignty so that we have power over our lives. The next principle is the principle of perception. Now, this principle is something that I've discussed many times through this podcast, and no matter how many times I share it, I always have to check myself on it as well. So it is really important to always reiterate this point so that we are consistently reminding ourselves. Part of the reason why the matrix hijack gets us is because we don't implement this principle, the principle of perception. So ultimately, the way that you can look at the principle of perception is like this. The human brain is designed to take in 126 bits of information per second. And in our modern age, according to Mihai Csikszentmihalyi, who wrote the book Flow, we are hit with about 11 million bits of information per second. And so you think to yourself, well, how do I actually filter out what I experience? And the idea is, is that your whole world is filtered by your beliefs, values, and attitudes. And so your beliefs, values, and attitudes will shape the entire world around you. And if you don't know what those beliefs, values, and attitudes are, then things will happen in your life. Things will occur. People will say things. You'll get into conflicts. You'll have situations that are difficult. You'll have problems that come up in your life, and you won't know why they're happening. And it's like Carl Jung said, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will rule your life, and you will walk around calling it fate. So ultimately, when those 11 million bits of information are coming in, and you're filtering them through your beliefs, values, and attitudes, 
you're going to receive the 126 bits that actually reflect your current state of being. So what that means is ultimately that you are seeing yourself in everything and everyone constantly, and that the things that trigger you most emotionally have the most to teach you about yourself, about what is lurking underneath the surface. And so we typically will get sucked into that matrix hijack because we are not embodying the principle of perception. We're not realizing that what we're experiencing and what is pulling at us is actually that which is unresolved within us or that which is unconscious within our system. Another name for this is perception is projection, meaning that everything that you see, everything out there is essentially your projection. It is also your reflection. So I'll explain the difference between the two. If you are seeing yourself in another person, if you are experiencing if you're experiencing things that trigger you in another person, you're experiencing a reflection of yourself. If you are putting things onto somebody, if you are judging somebody or you're gossiping about somebody, then you're putting out projections. And the way that we can think about this is that every single person is like a projection screen of the entire universe running interference patterns with all of each other. So everything is interconnected. All of our projections are running interference patterns with one another, and that, that creates this whole matrix of reality that we experience. And so with that being said, what's really important to understand is that you are ultimately the one who decides how you filter out that 126 bits. Because if the external world is like a mirror of the internal world, then you can think of it very much like if you were standing in front of a mirror and you wanted the reflection to smile. If you were looking at the reflection, the reflection had a frown on it, and you wanted that reflection to smile, you wouldn't reach over to the mirror and try to change the reflection to make it smile. You would just smile yourself. And if you just smile yourself, then the reflection would actually change. However, the big problem that people will face is they get wrapped up into that matrix hijack and they try to change everything around them. They try to effort their way and do something about all the things that are happening. They don't realize that they're being pulled and seduced into a story of the outside world, into a projection. And so if we create the change inside by embodying that sovereignty, um, taking that responsibility for who we are and what we're here to create, then it allows us to have a lot more power over the perception, over the things that we actually experience. And you can think of it like Wayne Dyer said, when you change the way that you look at things, the things you look at change. And one final piece on the principle of projection is what is called the backwards law. And the backwards law is something that's talked about by Mark Manson in his book, The Subtle Art. And he essentially was inspired by Alan Watts talking about this. And essentially what the backwards law is saying is it relates to our emotional attachments relative to how we experience the world. So it's to say that there is no light without dark, no up without down, and that the more you cling to having a positive experience, the more of a negative experience that you're actually going to have. And, and if you invert that, the ability to accept a negative experience is actually in and of itself a positive experience. So the more that we want to be rich and powerful, the, the poorer and less powerful we feel. The more we want to be loved and desirable and attractive, the less loved we feel and the more lonely we might feel. So the idea here is, is that we, when we try to cling to things be, because of the principle of projection, what it actually does is it shows us its opposite. And so we want to keep this in mind because anytime that we're clinging to anything emotionally, it's going to highlight it and magnify it in our actual reality through our perception. And the third principle is the principle of integration. The principle of integration is another way of talking about what in Buddhism is called the middle way. It is not so much to one side, not so much to the other. It's not 
just simply renouncing yourself completely to the spiritual aspects of life and not completely being attached to the materialistic aspects of life. It is being able to live totally integrated. You could think of this as a pendulum swinging, and we're going to be talking about this in our next episode when we talk about the story of the Buddha and we talk about the middle way. But think of it like a pendulum. If a pendulum is swinging in two different directions, one side let's call the spiritual path, the other side the materialistic path, right? the earthly path, you could say. Now, there are a lot of teachings that look at our incarnation on earth or look at our materialistic or physical reality experience as some kind of a fluke or a mistake of some kind, that we're trying to ascend into these higher vibrations, these higher planes of consciousness. And the reality is, at least the way that it's looked at through a Zen Stoic lens, is that the purpose of life is to live it, to actually be here. If that you're here, stop trying to not be here. It's not very spiritual of you. And we want to actually be present in our lives, be present in the 3D physical reality, because otherwise we wouldn't actually be here. And so our incarnation, our purpose in this life is to live it. So the principle of integration is being able to understand these different ends of the spectrum and to bring them into unison, to bring them into this interconnected harmony where you can actually live it in your everyday life. So if you think of it like a pendulum, let's say one side it swings into the the hyper-spiritual world, and the other side it swings into the hyper-materialistic world. The idea is you want that pendulum to swing so that when it swings into one side, it still contains part of the other side and vice versa. So you're never completely in one or the other. This is what is known as the middle way. This is what the Buddha actually prescribed all of his students was to live in this middle way, not to be so attached to spirituality, but also not to be so attached to the earthly ways, to essentially be swinging back and forth, living this life of harmony and balance. And that is what the principle of integration is all about. One of the ways that I remind myself of this principle is that anytime I've had a difficult situation or a challenge in life, I always remind myself of this. I chose to be here right now, whether I remember why or not. The fact that I'm here is the only validation I need. And anytime I use that mantra, it brings me back into the present, it brings me back into myself, and it reminds me that I am okay, that I am at peace because I am here in this moment. And so that is what the principle of integration is all about. It's about allowing yourself to be present, to take all the lessons that you experience throughout your life and to bring them into your present reality so that you are able to live them and embody what you learn through this life. So building off of the principle of perception, the, the principle of integration contains things like the obstacle is the way. Now, if you've listened to this podcast, you've heard me talk about this. Ryan Holiday wrote an entire book on this where he says the obstacle is the way. Now, when I first encountered this quote from Marcus Aurelius that said, the impediment to action advances action, what stands in the way becomes the way. I actually used to think that this was just some philosophically uplifting thing to say. Like it was like this motivating pump up that was said a few thousand years ago. But the reality is there's a lot more depth to it and it builds upon the principle of perception and weaves its way into the principle of integration because the obstacle being the way is something that you can think of like this. Whenever we set a goal or we decide that something is important to us, what it actually does is it completely changes the world around us, especially given that the external world is a mirror of the internal world. When we decide something is important, it's going to shift the way that we see everything. So the way that you may want to look at it is that when you set a goal, and you decide what's important, the universe is going to populate or your unconscious mind is going to populate your reality with different things. It'll populate mostly a reality of neutral things, right? Because you're just experiencing your projections as well as everyone else's. Things that are essentially insignificant that you don't typically notice. 
But then there are two other things that you start to experience in your world that you really want to pay attention to. The first one is you notice omens or you notice things that advance you on your path. These can look like coincidences or synchronicities that are relative to empowering you and bringing you closer to your goal. And the idea is when you notice these things to follow them. But then the second thing that comes up are obstacles. And obstacles are your unconscious mind showing you where you are not yet free in life, where you have perceived limitations. And so when the obstacle comes up, you have a choice. Do you allow the obstacle to define you and to tell you who you are, to take away your power? Or do you choose to overcome the obstacle and redefine who you are in the face of that obstacle? That is the purpose of the obstacles. So through the principle of integration, it's all about taking action and having the courage to act in spite of any fear that may come up. Keep in mind that that matrix hijack will tempt you. It will try to tell you who you are. It'll try to convince you to give away your power to the outside world. But the idea is this, is to remember that you tell yourself who you are, that you are the one who is sovereign, and that you can reclaim your power at any moment by choosing to be ultimately responsible by bringing in the principle of sovereignty, the principle of perception, and the principle of integration. Through these three principles, you will create that unshakable inner peace. You will liberate yourself in the process of embodying these. And you want to remember that the outside world will always try to tell you who you are through different teachings, through different philosophies, different religions, different ways of being, different ideologies. But it is like Thich Nhat Hanh once said, that a finger pointing at the moon is not the moon. The teachings that you see out there, including this podcast, are not the truth. They are just pointing to the truth. And ultimately, the truth is only something that you can discover for yourself. The truth begins with self-trust. So how do you begin to implement the foundations of unshakable inner peace? What is the first step? The first step is what is called the sovereign awareness technique. The sovereign awareness technique is something that will restore your self-trust and intuition and allow you to make effective decisions and know what is right for you in under a minute when you practice it. And so if the sovereign awareness technique sounds like something that you would find valuable, go to the link in the description of this podcast and access the sovereign awareness technique for free. This technique will allow you to build self-trust and intuition and allow you to make decisions for yourself that are coming from that place of sovereignty, that are coming from that place that prevents you from being subject to that matrix hijack and allows you to actually integrate your intuition into your actions so that you're able to live a meaningful life, so that you're able to live with that unshakable inner peace and so that you can liberate yourself from any weight of your past. It begins with self-trust. And when you trust yourself, you've already begun the path of unshakable inner peace. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode or you found value in it, please like, comment, and subscribe. And if it really inspired you, definitely share it with somebody that you care about. This is how the podcast grows is by sharing it, by leaving a review, by sharing your thoughts and expressing exactly what it is that resonated with you through the sharing and talking about this podcast. This is how we are able to spread this timeless wisdom and help create more liberation in the world. So thank you so much. And I'll see you on the next episode where we will be talking about the four noble truths.